Yes, guys, we are super privileged to have Marnus now. Um, I say Marnus, but he says Marnus. Um, and, um, but the amazing thing is that we've got a few things in common, one of them being we love Jesus and the glorious gospel, and um, we love people, and thirdly, we love the Kruger Park together. Because on, on a few occasions, in the middle of the bushveld, in the Kruger, without talking to, to each other, we're driving, and this car stops, we're like, we're watching a line, and this car stops, and it's Marnus. <laughs> and we bumped into each other a few times. And then once at the Waffle Hut in the Berg. And then I thought to myself, honestly, I thought, I thought, God, there's something in this connection that you're wanting me to be reminded of. Um, so this year I thought, I've got to have him back to come and minister in the church. And... Um, he was, just to tell you a little bit briefly about him, he has ministered here before, quite a few years back now, but he was somebody who was going one way in life. He, he, was, he was on his way to being a professional rugby player. That's, that was his goal. Um, played for the Leopards under 21A, and then at a, as a varsity student, God got a radically hold of his life, and he gave it all up. He went to the coach and said, sorry, I'm not playing anymore. Coach said, no, you can't. He said, no, I'm done. I'm just, I just want to minister the gospel to people. Coach said, you can minister the gospel here. He said, no, no, you don't understand. My, my whole life, I've just got to minister the gospel. And from the beginning, he was passionate about outreach. He, going into the streets, going into the hospitals, wherever he found a person, either moving or not moving, he wanted to minister the gospel of grace. He wanted to see life come to them. And what I love about Manus is he has a heart to equip the saints for the work of ministry. He knows that he doesn't have anything special other than the grace of God that abounds to us all. And he's just laid a hold of it by faith. And he believes, God, you can use me in any situation. So I want to share one situation that he shared with me. And I asked him to share it again last night with our leaders. And I'm going to share it with you now because I just love the story so much. He's got so many stories, but here's one. He's busy in a mall in Potchefstroom. And he sees somebody who turns out to be a Hindu man. He strikes up a conversation with them. He says, come sit down, have coffee with me. Let's talk about what we believe. And they start to talk about what they believe. The Hindu man shares. He's not a super religious Hindu man, but he's got a Hindu background, and he's a Hindu. It's what he believes. So he shares his thing. Marnus shares what he believes about God. But he can see the guy's still not moved. So he says to him, if I can tell you something about your life. He's in a coffee shop, eh? If I can tell you something about your life that I have, that there's no ways I could know it unless the God I serve shows me, do you think that'll make a difference in what I'm telling you about Jesus? And the guy said, absolutely. Now, Marinus has not, doesn't, all he knows is, God, this is your chance. <laughs> That's what he feels. And then, in that moment, after having committed already, to saying, if God shows you something about your life, would it change? In that moment, God shows him a picture of a scar. So he says to this man, I believe that on your back, on this side here, there's a scar about so long that runs downwards like this. And the guy's eyes just look. And in the, in the coffee shop, he lifts up his shirt and he shows Marinus the scar. Ends up, tears, coming to Jesus. So I want to say the Spirit of God is alive. The Spirit of God is for all of us. We've all just got to step into that place where we believe God wants to use us. So, Marnus, 
Oh, I want to say this, sorry. The teens are staying in with us today. They're not going out to that beautiful room over there. We want you to hear what he's going to share. Thank you, Pastor. Wow. Yeah, Jesus is amazing. You know, he loves us and he comes to us just where we are and he meets us there. Um, he, he's, he's hard for people. He's love for people. It's, it's far greater. Like if we love people and we care and we want to help them, he always reminds me my heart for them is greater. Like I have this feeling like I, I really just want to help. I just want to help and get people healed. Or, and then I, I remember, but his heart for them is far greater than mine. And so I want to remind you that God really loves you. And it was demonstrated in Christ when he died on that cross that nothing will ever change his love for you. I mean, the Romans 8 is clear. It says nothing can separate you from the love of Christ that we have in Christ. So his love for you will not change. Maybe your love for him goes up and down, but his love for you will never change. So I'm, I'm excited to share with all of you. I, I remember there's guys up, up, up there. I'll, I'll look at you as well every now and then. Um, I, I'm excited because God really is, has given me a word. Uh, to share with the church, and, and, and I want to encourage you to get this morning's message. I don't know if it's recorded, but if you can, get that, that message as well. I'm going to go on the same lines, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. Maybe this is going to be a complete new message, so let's just see what, what happens. I want to read Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you, Pastor Greg and Susan, for uh, receiving me here and in this house. I really appreciate it, and and, and, and it's an honor for me to be here, to, just to serve the church. And I'm, I'm very excited if I hear that I'm touching on things that has been just, uh, just shared around and, and it's been preached here. And so I really love to hear that because now I'm, now I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm helping, I'm sharing, I'm building. And so this is, this is the work of God. Um, so Ephesians chapter 2. All of you know I'm Afrikaans. I don't want to make excuses for it, but every now and then I might break out in tongues. <laughs> and, and you'll find me say a very long sentence to say a simple thing because I can't find that word. <laughs> so <laughs> so I just, let me just be honest with you um, from the start. But God speaks through it all, and I really know God uses me, and I have no doubt, in who, like I know who I am and what He made me to be. And so I do have something that can change your life. Yes, so, so I'm, I'm fully aware of that, saying it, uh, knowing it's all by grace. Ephesians, Ephesians 1, I want to read this to you. So this prayer of, of, of Paul written down here to the Ephesian church, he says, For I always pray, pray, <laughs> pray, to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation into the mysteries and secret, secrets of God. But it says here, the deep, intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance. This morning we spoke of inheritance. How rich is that inheritance? But he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. <coughs> Let me take a sip of water here <laughs> before I continue. 
<laughs> Sorry for that. So I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know, that you may know. So it's, it's something that's already true. It says that you may know your inheritance, and so that you also might know the immeasurable, in unlimited, surpassing greatness of His power. Let me just go on here. Surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted when, in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. So Paul says there's four things. I want, I want your eyes to see. I want your eyes to open for this. I want you, your eyes to open for the deep, intimate knowledge of Him. This is the song that we just did. It was so, such a beautiful song of, of to see you right. To see you right. To see who you are. So I pray that your eyes will open for who Jesus Christ really is. I, I pray that your eyes will see and to the deep, intimate knowledge of Him. Second thing here, the hope to which He has called you. Now this hope is in the future, but it's a definite thing. It's not, it's not this hope, oh, once weapon, but we hope and pray something's going to happen, almost like we know it's not going to, you know. But it's going to happen, and it's a biblical hope. It's, a, it's the future of the church. Now I believe we are heading to perfection, Christ formed within us. Christ manifested through us. I can speak for, for a week on this, this part. But I do believe the scriptures are clear that, that there's a work that God is doing in us that must come out. Our light must, must truly shine. We are a city that is set on a hill and we cannot be hidden. All right, so that's where we are heading. That's the hope to which he has called us, that we know God as he knows us. The true Christian hope is this. It's to know Him. He also says it that this is eternal life, to know Him, to know Him. We really live to know Him. We believe in heaven. We believe if we die, we'll be in heaven. We believe all of that. But our true biblical hope is that we know Him as He knows us. That's the hope of the church. That's where we are heading. We're not waiting for the heaven bus, just waiting to go. We are living to know Christ. That's true biblical hope. And we do believe in the rest like we always, uh, you know, have, have heard and believed. So, but our, our aim is to know him. So, he says, may your eyes open for the hope that is set before you. That one day, you'll be like Jesus in word, thought, and deed. That you'll be transformed. That you'll become like him. That you'll live like him. Do like him. Act like him. Be like him. Love like him. <laughs> may your eyes open for the hope that is set before you. And then may your eyes open for your inheritance, the beautiful inheritance that you have in Him that's already given because Christ died. That inheritance that left you all things. You know, He's the heir of all things. You are a joint heir with Christ. May your eyes open for that truth. May you see what is done for you. May, may you see what is, what is left for you as a testament. May you see your inheritance. Part of your uh, inheritance, not the full inheritance, but a part of it is healing for your physical body. Because by His stripes, we are healed. So it's part of your inheritance. It's already given. So Paul says, may your eyes open that you've been healed. May your eyes open that, that healing came. 
May your eyes open that I'm your provider, that I provided in Christ. May your eyes open. And the, the fourth thing is really exciting. <laughs> For the immeasurable, unlimited. Uh, I sat in a conference with a, with a pastor that's a, it's a bit of an older pastor that's been you know, for years in South Africa, preaching and, and, and known all over. And this guy came to me, and I was just sitting there, and he, he looked at me, but with a stern voice. He said, Marnet, he said, stop limiting God. So I said, stop limiting God, he said, second time. I thought he thought I'm deaf. Stop limiting. And he repeated that for I don't know how long. Like he was like, he's done. He says, you have an unlimited God. And he was speaking the truth. Because listen to this. The unlimited power of God. Immeasurable. Power of God. In and for us who believe, as demonstrated in his mighty strength when he raised Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. So Paul is praying, may this happen to you. May you see. Now this is not saying, may we get that power. May we receive that power. May that power come. No, may that power be revealed to you that is within you. May you see God's strength, God's power within you. All right, so I just thought of reading this and, and starting off this message here. That our eyes will see. That our eyes will open for this. You cannot open your own spiritual eyes to see and know God. You can set your mind and set your eyes. But God opens the eyes. Let me say this. Same with the mind, the renewal of the mind. This will help you. You cannot renew your mind concerning God. But you can look to Jesus and allow him to reveal himself to you. That you see him right. Man, I'm going to use that song. That you see him right. Not see him wrong, but see him right. See him for who he really is. May, may he open your eyes. But there's something that you can do that will help, that, that will cause that revelation of who Jesus is. You look and set your eyes. He opens your eyes. If you have a pure and honest heart, a desire to know Jesus, and you want to find him, you will find him. He will be found by you. You will see out of through all the religious um, talk of the day, you'll find the truth and you'll find Jesus. If you have that desire, he will meet you there. He will meet you there. But you need to want to. You need to want to know him. You need to want to know him for who he is. Lord, I don't want to know you for who they say you are. I want to know you for who you are. I don't even want to know you for who I thought you are. May you just, may you just mess up that thought completely and show me the truth about who you are. And if you have that desire, I guarantee, I know he will come and reveal himself to you. Hebrews 12 verse 1 and 2 says, run your race with patience and endurance. 
uh, steady active persistence, get rid of all the weights, run your race by looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. What are your part? Run your race, get rid of the weights and look unto Jesus. What's his part? He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He will do it for you. He transforms you. Same with Romans 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Doesn't say renew your mind. Be transformed by. What do you need to do? Hear the word. What does it do? Renews your mind. You have a part to play, church. You need to want him. He comes to you in the, desi- in the way you want him. He'll reveal himself to the degree that you really want to know him. And if you are sitting here today and you say, Lord, this God that saves me, I ask the question, this God that forgives me, this God that saved me out of my maze, this God that keeps on loving me, even if I'm not perfect, I want to know him more. I want to know him more. May, the, may your heart cry the same cry this morning. Jesus I want to know you. Maybe we should say it out of our mouth. Say, Jesus, I want to know you. Show me who you are. I want to know you, Lord. (laughs) Come on, and he will come through. He will show himself. I know. All right. So let me just continue along these lines. Let me take a sip of water again. Been preaching this morning. So, he will reveal himself, he will show himself. Now, that's the prayer, that's what I pray for this church, that God will reveal and open up your spiritual eyes to see. And the same for me, I pray it every day. May I see, may I know the inheritance that I have in Christ. May I know Christ for who he is. May I know the hope for which he has set before me. The hope of becoming, being transformed into his image revealing Christ to the world, to be a city on a hill to shine. May I also know the power that is at work within me through his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so this morning's message, I want to just link this now to this morning's message because there's things in our heart that stops the flow of this grace of God. And the grace of God is God's ability. It's God's influence. It's God's power working in you. God's grace is a constant supply and it's always there. But there are things that we do, and I'm going to tell you what it is, that causes us to squeeze the pipe. I was sharing, I listened to a message of of Pastor Joseph Prince years ago where he spoke on live the let go life. And this is more or less the thing that got me into that, into that revelation. That we are holding on to things and God is just asking us to let go and trust Him and He will come through for you. But because we are anxious, fearful and worried, we squeeze that pipe of grace which is a ceaseless supply of oil. We squeeze that pipe and the flow is not reaching us in a certain area of life. And so, but if our eyes open and we see and we believe and we look to Jesus, 
We cast our cares upon Him. Let me read these scriptures again that I read this morning. just want to emphasize this truth, that I do leave something when I go, that everyone knows what I said, and that you have something to just meditate upon for the rest of your life. Because this thing is not overnight success. <laughs> because you let go and then you grab the pipe again and then you let go and then you grab the pipe again I've seen it over and over I said I'm not going to worry I'm just going to trust God and the next thing oh, I worry and grace flows that's what, what he also said is that grace flows in the worry free areas of your life and I find that to be true where you have learned to let go there's grace but at one area, maybe you've been praying for 10 years for that thing, and you've been trusting, trusting, trusting. It's as if the grace doesn't flow. Because of cares, anxieties, fears, that causes you not to turn to Jesus and trust, but you depending on yourself, and you're, you're trying to do something about it, or you constantly run through it in your mind. I need to get the breakthrough. I need this thing to change. I can't go on like this. Or I'm thinking of my children. I need this for, the, this, is, this is my concern. And we, we spoke about it, actually, uh, Susan say, said it, that she said that um, it's like we think that caring about others or caring to have that care in our hearts, to carry that care. That that is love. And, and, and we think that, my, are you telling me not to care for my kids? Of course I must care for them. Yes, care for them, but care about them and carrying the care is not really love. It's letting go of the care and trusting God. That's, that's, really, love. that's really a life of love. So let's just go to 1 Peter 5. Here's the instruction from the Lord to you today. This is not if you feel like it. There's no ifs and buts. There's no but, Pastor, you don't know what I've been going through. I've been suffering with anxiety for so many years. I've been going through this and that. There is none of that in this scripture that's going to release you from this truth as if it's not applicable for you. <laughs> none. Like zero. This is yours and this is mine. And we become professional warriors. Not warriors, warriors. <laughs> and God wants to set you free from your duty. <laughs> he says, let go. If you can let go, God will hold on. If you hold on, God lets go. And it's your choice. Okay, this is not madness. I love you, therefore I'll speak the truth to you. <laughs> I, I have a compassion for people and God called me to speak the truth even if it's not comfortable. <laughs> so here it goes. Humble yourself. Now this is a form of pride. There's a form of pride and this scripture says humble yourself under the hand of God and he will exalt you. Casting, it's the same, like it continues. It says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries 
all your concerns once for all on Him. For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So He says, humble yourself under His mighty hand. By doing what? Casting the whole of your care upon Him. Because He cares for you watchfully, cares about you. I love the Amplified here. It's beautiful. Affectionately. Watchfully and affectionately, that's the way He cares for you. And the only reason you care is you doubt that care. You, you get it. The only reason you can care to the point where you're not casting the care is because you doubt his care. And just be honest. And then you have, I'm not blaming you, you need to hear so much about who God is that you see him right. And that your heart starts to rest in the revelation of your God. And you start to know him and your eyes open for who he really is. This is the things that I just read. So, so, there's an opening of the eyes that needs to happen. But for, for that to happen, you need to look away from those cares unto Jesus and cause the care. <laughs> he said, Lord, I've been holding on to this thing long enough. There's stuff that you've been praying for maybe for years and you haven't seen the breakthrough. Then other things, you just think of it and someone blesses you with it. <laughs> I remember just one day I asked the Lord, I just said, sure, that will be nice if I can have this radio. It was in those days. Yeah, it's a bit difficult to explain to the younger generation, but you have those big hi-fi radios. And you, you have this stacked like this. So I wanted one of those just to listen to some Christian music. And I was just thinking of it. Here comes someone with a box knocking on the door. I just know this is yours. I want to give you this. No one knew. So I wasn't serious. I was not even sure if I really wanted. I just thought about it and it came. But then other things I've been praying for, praying for, praying for. And I've been crying out. I said, God, do you even know I'm still here? I mean, I know the Bible says your ear is not dull of hearing, but I'm, I'm doubting. <laughs> I know that scripture that says my arm is not short to help. My ear is not dull. Then it says, but your iniquity, don't worry, your iniquity has come up before me or come between us. But he says, my ear is not dull and my arm is not short to help. But your iniquity. Now, church, believers in Christ, I have very good news for you today. Such good news, it's almost scary. Your sins, past, present, and future, have been he carried it on the cross once for all. And all your sins are completely forgiven right now, today. Therefore, there's no sin that can cause God not to answer your prayer. Because the blood of Jesus washed you and cleansed you from all sin and all unrighteousness. His arm is not short. So I got distracted there. So in my own mind. <laughs> so... So his arm is not short, his ear is not dull, but I thought it was. Because I don't get breakthrough. And it's been the areas that I've been most concerned about. That, that concerned me most. 
that I've seen the least results. But the ones that I've been able to just let go and trust, and it's not been such a personal thing for me. Praying for a guy I don't know in the street, he's blind, I open. Praying for my dad, he dies. So, truth, this is really what happened. You pray for a perfect stranger, he's blind, I open. You stand with your dad, you pray for him, and he dies. Now, what happened? Did God's will change? Did God have some sovereign plan? No, please don't tell me that. It's not true. God's plan is perfect in Christ. What you see in the word is the will of God concerning all people. I live to live. If I die, I glorify God if I live, but I live to live. And my responsibility is to pray for the sick to to be healed. So therefore, I prayed for my father to be healed. All right, so it wasn't the will of God, but in God's goodness, he made sure that my father is alive because he believed in Christ. (laughs) Okay, that's awesome, right? So we're not like the world, sorrow like the world. We're not like that, all right? We rejoice. But the truth of the matter is, God's will for healing for my dad was the same as his will for healing for that stranger. And because if he do it for one, he will do it for all. This is the truth. He will do it for all. If he did it for one, he will do it for you. Don't let the lie of the devil steal that revelation. If God did it for someone, he can do it for you. And he wants to do it for you. And he did for many people. If I read in the Bible, I can tell you many stories. Of Jesus, like his healing grace upon people. All right, so cast the whole of your care upon Jesus, for he cares for you watchfully. He cares for you affectionately. All right, so let's go to Psalm 55 quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Are you receiving something? I believe so. I believe so. Don't, like for me, I just deliver the message. I need to deliver, <laughs> and it's nice to hear if people are hearing what I'm trying to say, but at the end of the day, I have a responsibility just to say it. <laughs> Did I say Psalm 55, right? Verse 22, I'm still looking for it. You guys are quick, huh? Fast with your scriptures. And they've been trained well, Pastor. <laughs> the preacher is still looking for it. All right, so verse 22, it says here, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, (laughs) and he will sustain you. You will never allow the righteous to be moved or to slip. Matthew 6, let's run. Matthew 6, you know, stop being uneasy about your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, all right? Therefore, I tell you, verse 25, stop being anxious or worried about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life greater than food and the body than clothing? Now, look at the birds of the air. First of all, it doesn't mean God is not caring about you having clothes, I mean, that would be very funny if he says, listen, your life is more important than clothes. So just relax. Leave, just be without clothes. (laughs) Or your body than food. Your body needs food to survive. Your body needs clothes. It's the necessities of the body. It's something that is 
that, you, that your body needs. So he says your body is worth. So then he says, look at the birds of the air. And then look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. There's the revelation. So in other words, if you want the things that you need, like food, clothes, and any other need that you have, it's not just food and clothes. It's all your needs. Because he says the Gentiles crave these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. All right? The, your, the Gentiles crave, but you know that your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So whatever needs you might have, understand your body is valuable and God will supply those needs. He says, but the revelation is, look at how they grow. That lily of the field, is there any effort in his growing? Like, is it just happen, happening naturally? It's just happening. He's growing. The lily grows. Look how they grow. <laughs> God is teaching us, look at the birds. They're not stressed. So he says, stop being uneasy about your life. What you shall eat. Stop worrying. Stop being anxious. Philippians 4 says the same thing. Be anxious for nothing. This is the word of the Lord and it's applying to you. And I don't care how long you've been anxious. God says, stop being anxious. This is the truth. This is the truth. He says, stop being anxious and I'm giving you the solution. Turn to me. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. Stop being anxious Turn to me. Let go of the pipe. The area that you're anxious about, grace cannot flow because of unbelief. Because of a place of unbelief. Because of a place of not trusting. It's not a, it's not a condemning word. It's a, it's a setting free word. The anxiety is there because you don't trust that God cares for you. So what you need to hear is who God is that you be able to trust Him, that you can grow in trust and let go. But also just let go and turn to Him because you can't keep that pipe squeezed forever. It's no grace going to flow. All right, let's go to Zechariah quickly. Zechariah. Just checking there at the back. Huh? Oh, I still have some time there. <laughs> if you're in a hurry, this is not a hostage situ situation. <laughs> <laughs> I set you free. <laughs> I set you free. Like, even if you want to sleep while I preach, that's okay. You can go. You can just wave goodbye and then you go. Like, um, Paul was preaching and he just kept going. Um, where am I? Heading to Zechariah. Let me just get my fingers here. I, I, I get distracted on the way there. Then, then we'll, not, we'll not be able to find it. Now, this is a vision. Yeah, Paul was preaching. This guy was falling out of the window. He just kept going. Like you would think, you would now stop. You're saying, okay, now I've been pushing it. This guy just raised him up from the dead. He goes back. I mean, what a preacher. He was like, I'm here now. And so, all right, but no, we also can preach in 30 minutes and God can work. <laughs> it's no religion. Like you don't have to have long services. Don't worry. Zechariah 4. Five minutes, God can speak. Yeah. It's, it's not, he doesn't need five days. One word, cast your cares upon him. That's his word for you. 
And if you can do that, your life will change. Everything will be different. <laughs> Zechariah 4, he saw a vision and he says this. So he says, the angel talked to me. What are these? The olive trees on the side and I'll just start down, down here. Then he said to me, this addition of the bell to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive trees, is the word of the Lord to Sarah Babel saying, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. For who are you, O great mountain that stands before me, uh, before Sarah Babel? It says, you will become, let me just read it here, you shall become a plain, a mere molehill, and he shall bring forth the finishing gable stone with loud shoutings of people crying, grace, grace to it. So this vision was the vision of the seven pipes and it's coming down and it's the flow of oil and it's a ceaseless supply of oil. And when he asked, what is this? He said, this is the word of the Lord to Sarah Babel saying, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. So, Galatians chapter 3, you stupid, senseless, foolish Galatians, don't, it's not me, it's Paul. <laughs> I didn't say that, I'm just quoting. He says, who has bewitched you? Who has cast a spell over your eyes? He said, unto whom Jesus Christ was portrayed as crucified. You could have seen him on the cross as I preached him to you, says the Afrikaans version. You could have seen him on the cross. Now I'm asking you, did you receive the Holy Spirit as a result of obeying the law and doing its works? Or was it by the message that you heard and trusting and believing in the message? Are you so foolish, senseless, and silly? Having begun in the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? He says, and does he who, works, he who works powerfully and miraculously among you, is he doing it because you obeying the law and doing its works? Because you do what the law demands? Or, not and, or, is he doing it because of you hearing the message and believing it? Hearing the message and believing it. So it's or. So he says you are trying to reach perfection depending on yourself. You're trying to get God's works to manifest. You're trying to see miracles. But it's happening because of God's Spirit working in you and with you. Because of grace. It's not happening because of your works. It's happening because of His work. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my Spirit. God's ability is God's grace. Or God's grace is God's ability. It's supplied by the Holy Spirit. And when it's applied, you have all of his ability working in you and through you. By grace, he provided an inheritance. All things have already been provided and it's freely available. All of his grace, which is his ability, is freely available. Now we receive by faith what Christ already provided. It's our turn to receive. But we stop the flow with our anxiety, fears, and worries. And so, if you can allow God's ability, He'll finish the work that He started in you. 
What was grace given for? You were, a, you were a normal human being, just like you were. And grace came, and you got born again. Now grace, the purpose of grace is to transform you into the image of the Son of God. To make normal humans sons and daughters of God. That's what grace is for. And he started the work, he will complete it. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And so all of his ability is freely supplied daily and it's a constant supply. If you are able to let go, grace will flow. All right? So I've explained how certain areas you don't see the grace because that's where you're concerned. Other areas, you are okay, you know God is your father, and you're almost not focusing on it, and grace flows. You see no breakthrough in one area, but do you realize there's other areas that God has been healing you, supplying, and doing all kinds of things, but you were not seeing it, because you were just busy with that one area that you haven't seen the breakthrough. And in that one area, so I've had a person that came to me once and said, I, like, I, I struggle to believe in God. He, he's not healing me. But this person has seen others healed. So he said, yes, it's nice, you know, if God heals other people. I mean, I've seen miracles. I said, do you, be, do you believe in miracles? Yes, I've seen it, but he doesn't heal me. I said, but it's the same God. So you do see miracles. Yes, but he doesn't heal me. I said, but it's still, God, it's still the same God. And so you, 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 your, your heart needs to rest in who he is in order for it to flow in that area of your life. So you are concerned about your own healing. The best thing you can do is come with me. Let's go and let's pray for others and see God healing them. And if you can put your attention away from this thing and unto Jesus, if it's possible, which is not always easy if you're physically sick and in pain, but if you're able to turn to Jesus, His grace will start to flow in that area and you will be healed. And, 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 and so we've seen breakthroughs. Our people that are sick pray for others and they get healed while they pray. <laughs> Why? Because you take the attention off. Yet the world's way is put the attention on the problem. Let's solve the problem. Let's find the, the cause and all of that. Let's, 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 let's just find out why. God's ways, look away. <laughs> the Bible says look away. The Bible says look away from all that will distract. The world's ways, look at it. God's ways, look away. <laughs> world's way, find the problem. God's way, forget the problem, I have the solution. <laughs> Find the solution, <laughs> not find the problem, or look at the problem. Looking at the problem, for how many of you have that work? I want to challenge you today in this <laughs> For how many of you, meditating about your problem, speaking about your problem, thinking about your problem, for how many of you have that brought victory? Don't raise your hand now, this is an, not a... But... I think most of you can say, listen, I've been speaking about it, I've been thinking about it, I've been doing this, and the more I go that route, the more 
the more I'm, I'm stuck. And the word of God says, look away from all that will distract unto Jesus. Who is the author and the finisher of your faith? Jesus instructs us not to worry. Imagine G, uh, Peter. All right. Peter, come. Yes, if it's you, Lord, let me, let me come to you. Yes, here comes Peter. Then Peter sank. What did Jesus say? Why did you doubt? <laughs> what will we, we say? Oh, there must be many reasons why you are doubting. I feel so sorry for you. Maybe, you know, that's our Christianity. That's what, what we've become. But Peter, Jesus says, not in a bad way. He says, why did you doubt? Have faith in God. Look at the teaching of Jesus. He says, have faith in God. You say unto this mountain, move, it will move. Look, Jesus said, have faith in God. Jesus said, only believe. I need to encourage you to keep on believing, not in your own effort, but to look to Jesus to find the faith that comes by hearing and to be able to receive. So, so faith comes by hearing, but there's a solution. It's, 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 what is God's solution? Only believe. <coughs> now, is that all? Yes. Okay, now, now we can ask, how do we believe? Okay, let's look to him. Let's keep our eyes there and let faith come by hearing. Let our eyes open for who God really is. If you are finding yourself in the midst of a very difficult situation with anxiety and fear, the word of the Lord is saying to you, let it go. It's going to be tough because you've been holding on for decades. But in an instant, you can let those children go that you're worried about. You can let that situation in your body that you're concerned about, you can let it go today. Your finances, <coughs> you can let it go. You can let it go now. This is your moment. And grace can flow. And God's ability can restore you and heal you and do for you more than what you can ever do by depending on your own strength. Because depending on yourself is the problem. Trusting Jesus is the solution. We have many problems with one solution. <laughs> I, yes, I simplify things. You, I, they, they say, you oversimplify the gospel. I take it as a compliment. <laughs> one solution, believe in, the, in Jesus. Okay, then there's a solution for that solution. Hear the gospel <laughs> that helps you to believe. The answer is the gospel. The problems are plenty, many. For any situation, Jesus is the answer. And it's enough for your situation. But you sit here and you think, Yo, but I don't know if, I hear you, Pastor, but my situation. Okay, so you're challenged with the greatness of your situation. I want to tell you about the greatness of our God. And may you get a picture of how great He is compared to your situation. Yeah, but, but my situation, yeah, but my God. You'll say my situation, I'll say my God. You say my situation, I'll keep on telling you my God. All your situations gathered together here is like a drop in the ocean when it compares to God's ability and grace. It's nothing for him. 
But God is bound by His Word. It's not going to interfere. The flow, flow of grace is already flowing. He's not going to force Himself. It's, it's here where the, the problem lies. So if the, the pipe is already flowing and you are squeezing, um, God is not to be blamed. It's just to be believed. I'll repeat that. God is not to be blamed. It's to be believed. And when we believe and let go and say, Lord, it's difficult for me. It's been tough. What will happen if I do this? <laughs> I will maybe fall co apart completely. If I'm not holding on, who's going to care for me? Maybe God? <laughs> you hold on, he's forced to let go. You let go, he will hold on. Jesus, thank you. I've, I've brought the word and I believe that God will help you also. And there's a, the spirit of God is your helper, he's your comforter. He helps you in this process of letting go and helping you also. So it's not going to just leave it up to you, but you have to do something, purposefully live and say, Lord, the worries, I'm casting, up, casting it upon you, and I'm turning to you to get to know you more for who you really are. And if you are able to transform me, I know you are, but I can't change myself. I can't depend on myself anymore. I quit. This is not a motivational speech, listen, but okay. Say this, try this. I quit. All right, say, I quit. I surrender my cares upon him, for he cares for me, watchfully, affectionately. God cares for me. I will let go of this today. So whatever the situation is, you need to let go of it today. It's your time to let it go. How do you do it? You just stop overthinking, meditating upon it, and put your attention upon God. Find something useful to do in the kingdom of God. I mean, just go and heal some people and preach the gospel to them. Even if you go with your wheelchair, go, preach to them, lay hands on them, go for it, share Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Just, just go. If you don't, if, you, if you're trusting God for a car and you're so worried, where will I get a car? Use your bicycle and go. Use those two healthy feet and thank God for them. Others are desiring those healthy feet. Sorry. Am I, am I a bit rough with you? No. Just, I care for you. That's why I say it. Use those two healthy feet and go. Go preach Christ to others. Go help the less fortunate, those that are poor. You know, you're struggling for a financial breakthrough. Maybe go just bless some people there that with a little bit of your money, can, it will change their lives. <laughs> Maybe go do something in the kingdom. Um, we've become so inward focused in the church. And if I read the Bible correctly, Jesus says, go. All right? And as you go, He's taking care of you. I trust, I trust me, he will not let you go. But that going also is also a way of letting go of the cares. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. When will you be ready? <laughs> Pastor, I go through so much trouble. I know, but he said go. 
trouble and all, just go. Just go. He'll heal you. He'll restore. He'll make whole. Yes, I'll pray for you also. But you need to go. Is this a rough word? I don't think so. I think it's an instruction by the Spirit of God. It's not always popular to tell, tell people to let go of their fears and worries because it's not popular to say, go with what you have and see God coming through in the other areas. You're going to see it. You're going to see victory. You're not a victim. You are victorious in Christ. It is done. It is finished. The price is paid. He saved you. He redeemed you. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, that as I preach the word, that sometimes we've been so inwardly focused, and you are saying, put your attention on me. I will care for you. I will show you how I feel about you. The moment you look to Jesus, you'll find your true identity and your worth, and you'll find out how he feels about you anyway. The only way is to look to him. So, Father, I thank you as we look to you. You will, you will heal us from the inside out. You will heal our hurts, our past hurts and all of that. You will bring it all together and make us whole. As we look to Jesus, as we turn our eyes to you, we know that you will come and do in us what only you can do. Father, I thank you for transformation by your spirit. I thank you that people's, people's situations is important to you today and that you want to meet that need more than what they wanted to be met or to be, to be, uh, that the need will be solved. Thank you, Father, that you, you care more for them. So I thank you that you'll meet the needs of every person in this house, that you are drawn to the needs of these people, that you want to, to help, you want to supply grace, you want to heal, restore, make whole. I thank you for it, Lord, in this house, that people will be made whole, spirit, soul, and body, that there will be healing in their souls and healing in their bodies, that the Spirit of God will restore the image of Christ in their hearts, and that they will see you, and that they will see and know themselves in Christ. Amen. Okay, I'm done. I will pray. I think I'm just going to be uh, praying. I'm not going to take time now. I think normally this is the time the service ends, right? Awesome, Manus. Good. <laughs> We're so grateful to God for the beautiful gospel. And we had um, some beautiful ministry take place in our first meeting. Um, God touched people, healing, there were tears. And I want to say the following. Manus is going to be up here. And we want to pray for you. If you're needing healing, if you're needing something, don't go until you've come up and received prayer. Not everybody needs something. So praise God if you don't. But if you, um, if you do, don't leave this place until you've been prayed for. Um, God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free. That's the heart of God. And um, for the rest of us, feel free to go outside, have tea, have coffee, connect with others, have a beautiful day. But if you're needing prayer, come to the front. Thanks.